Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of JL's podcast, Honest Chats. And so today you've got me and um, I want to take a little bit of a different approach. And um, part of that is because this month has actually been quite massive in terms of the type of conversation that's actually been happening within the community uh, and the communities that I'm part of and so all has been centered around mental health and so this is really a reflection um, and so it's a reflection kind of conversation if I get um, and so you know if you're new welcome and if you're returning um, welcome as well thanks for tuning in thanks for lending your ear and continuing to be a part of this conversation now um, at the moment, mental health is quite huge, and so I didn't want to just sort of um, just breeze over it. And so these are sort of my reflections on the conversation that I had with Chima and Nathan and Globen, which are the past four episodes. If you haven't listened to those, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to them. Um, the other part of this as well has been to do with my own sort of personal um little bit of input to the um, mental health conversation and one of the things that I've noticed about it is actually it's a massive 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 conversation there are so many layers to it and so um, hopefully this adds a little bit to that conversation in a way that's helpful and is productive Um, and so the last I think seven to ten minutes of these podcasts are actually going to be um, really practical and a little bit challenging as well in our um, in how we approach mental health and what that means for you know for each one of us so hey be part of it if there is any way that um, you'd like me to contact you and you know maybe talk about this further let me know if you're struggling with with uh with mental health at the moment let me know as well and uh, as we're gonna hear in not too long it's actually a bit of a broader conversation and um, it's become a little bit more inclusive but hey don't count yourself out if this is something that you're struggling with and um, also want to encourage you to stay till the very end we're gonna have one um, a song which you're probably hearing in the background from one of my friends bands they released an EP a long time ago, but it's still, um, still nice to listen to it. I liked the album. Hopefully you like um, the song as well. And I'll link where I got it from as well in the comments. Let's jump into the episode. So if you've been part of the conversation that's been happening here with... Um, on this podcast, there's been a strong theme of mental health and mental, um, you know, and stuff that affects our minds, our identity, the way we think, um, and I think specifically the the chat with Chima and Nathan has been really um, going towards this and thinking about it from a um, a Christian perspective, and you know, we're not. We're not philosophers. We're not. Um, <laughs> we're not scientists or anything like that. And so we're just trying to have an honest conversation about these things. But 
I so I wanted to um, continue to delve a little bit into this and to just give it the airtime that it needs. And so last um, last week, actually, whilst um, just before I'm actually recording this last week, they had a mental health week. If you remember the week before the um, episode with Chima and Nathan, I believe, was um, one of the weeks when that episode dropped was Are You Okay Day? And so this mental health theme has continued on into October of 2008. If you're listening to this a little bit um a little bit later, um, it's it's continued into um, into October, and so they had the Act Belong Commit Day and um, awareness of um, of what kind of things actually help with mental illness. Very practical um, stuff, practical approach, and so with um, with with this theme in mind, I'm just wanting to rehash a couple of things that might be perhaps helpful to add to the conversation um, or to give light to again so one of those was um, and Nathan brought up such a great point when we were talking that podcast but these these terms that we call Christianese and obviously we call it we use the word Christianese to um, to to give it a little bit of a negative connotation because when we when we use language like this it's ambiguous it's um it's not honoring of the struggle and it's not honoring of the journey that we're actually part of and the complexities of being part of that journey and how it affects our mental health and so um he posted that during our uk day and um just the idea of don't don't cling on to ambiguous statements that are not clear enough to actually be able to help you honor the struggle that that you have with mental health. And, and I'm not talking like your mental health is completely deteriorating to a point where you actually need to see, um, you know, specialists or you need to be... Um, you know, doing uh, doing counselling and things like that because it varies, and with the increasing conversation, with the increasing conversation around this, it's 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 broadening enough so that it actually includes um, just everyday struggles, everyday concerns, and just the idea that there are actually more people that are affected. But uh, whose mental health is actually affected negatively by the everyday stresses of life, and so when using the term Christianese, uh, we want it. We, we, we do. We aimed for it to have that kind of negative connotation because they're ambiguous, and this subject is a little bit broader. Now it's gotten a little bit more attention, as just said, um, in these past couple of weeks just do you know the getting more people um connected with the conversation getting more people to actually be aware of the fact that it's it's not the extremes or only the extremes of 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 this conversation that actually we need to be engaged with but perhaps there are people in our lives and around us maybe it's you who is listening um, and your co- you you have stuff that's really stretching 
um, the the limits of your mental health and you know it might not look like you're going to lose it um, in a way for lack of a better word it might not look like you're going to need time off to turn off from everything but rather um, it might just be you're under a lot of stress and pressure so that was one of the things that um, was connected to the talk with mental health and what might help, what might not help. So one of those things was um, this talk of Christianese stuff, like I just need to seek first the kingdom of God. And that's an incredibly beautiful scripture and it's an incredibly timeless truth. But w- what does that mean for you? Where is the practical application? What does that outwork itself in your mind? To look like is there a little bit clearer language around that and what that what that means how you come about that conclusion and things like that um, and the 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 thing about ambiguous language as well language that's not clear is that it comes with um, expectations and connotations that place. I suppose place us in in spots where we might find ourselves a little bit um, like the underdog, and so when it comes to mental health and illness, I think with the with a vast um, with, with with just how vast the the human mind is, and and what we're still finding out about the human mind, um, it is important to continue to clarify and to not add to the ambiguity that exists in the human psyche so that um, the stuff that we haven't worked out yet doesn't actually become everything. Like we know some things about who we are and how we think. And so um, part of that is not using the Bible as <laughs> not using the Bible as a way to explain away the struggle that it takes. And so while um you know, part of the conversation with Nathan and Chima was that um, we have these Christianese languages. Actually, they get turned into Christianese language um, just just because they lack, they don't bring enough clarity. Um, but I just sneezed. Um, they don't bring enough clarity, but... <clears throat> In them is actually timeless truth. And so seeking first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness, whatever that means, has great importance. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have said it. And so I think when it comes to mental health, what we ended up settling the what we ended up settling that conversation around was just the idea that even though there are these and I think mental health gets a little bit uh, gets uh, gets a little bit of pressure we, we get pressurized with our mental illness when there are outside expectations or expectations that are inside of us that we perceive that end up affecting how well we bring or we work up um, and so we it, the conversation ended up settling around what are the things that we choose to fight for? What are the things that we choose to be strong for, to rock up for? Uh, because part of 
the Are You Okay Day conversation was this idea as well that some of us can pretend that we're okay when we're not. We can hide behind certain things. We can hide behind certain personas. We can hide behind um, different phrases, Christianese phrases, and not really allow the struggle within our hearts to meet these timeless realities like seek first the kingdom of God and and, and wrestle each other in a way where we get to choose what we're going to value as a result of those battles. And so I want to encourage you, don't excuse away the reality of your battle, the reality of your struggle. um, And and when when it meets when it meets this language that is timeless and when it meets these these ideas that challenge it, let there be a struggle. Let there be a um, you know, a wrestling inside of your heart and inside of your soul so that out of that you are making a choice to sort of go, well, what's this going to be worth? What's, what's going to be worth this fight that's happening in my soul? It, it would... What is the fruit? I suppose that's going to come from it. And whatever fruit comes from it is a direct connection to how we've chosen to align ourselves. However, when we when we whereas when we use the 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 language to try and mask the struggle, I think what's going to come up is actually going to be um, a little bit fake. And that's, you know, that's within the church. So um, the, the, the conversation continued as well a little bit with, um, with, with Global. And, and one of the things that I really um, connected with her on in that conversation, if you're not aware of it, that's two episodes, um, the last two episodes that have actually aired. And um, <clears throat> with the conversation with Global, what really resonated with me was um, that she as an adult actually had to uh, uh, um, left all her culture she left um, all she knew in order to actually come and 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 and, and be in Australia and so there are struggles that were connected with that and I'll let you go back and um, I'll let you go back and and listen to that and, and get a picture of what that was like for her but for me the connection point was just a difference in culture so one of the things that i found when i came to australia was um, that there was such a massive shift in culture that i had to 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 undergo to 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 go through and to um and and to come under so to give it a little bit of context i was born in the congo and left there at age 12 and so uh, I was 13, about to turn 14, when I arrived in Australia as a refugee. And so culturally, there were quite a number of differences. I think the biggest one for me was the the community aspect of culture. And I think um, to the extent of it felt really isolated in Australia and in my country of of birth 
it felt um, really connected. So I knew my neighbors, you know, from around the street, play with them. And maybe it has something to do with being a child. But I also do remember adults connecting, adults relating to one another. And um, just this general sense of we are about one another, just general sense of it's important to be courteous to be nice it's important to engage in conversation with uh with other people so i found that a little bit of a strange thing come to australia and um it, it was a little bit different and so with the with the change in culture i think that what ended up happening for me is that there was a real disconnection and even as a as a as a refugee in uganda there was a there was a community there, and so there was a sense of belonging that that I that I had with that. But in Australia, it was a little bit harder because there was, um, you know, one of the things that I suppose that I say to quite a lot of people is that um, there were fences, there were fences in Australia, and so everybody had their um, their boundaries. And I mean, yeah, there were boundaries, property boundaries um, in in my country as well but i think that also ended up translating somehow in the relationships and the interactions with the people that that i that i had and i came across that there are these um really interesting unknown never been around kind of um thoughts and ideas about um human to human boundaries when it comes to community and interacting which part of that included isolation and you mind your business i'll mind my business and so um that was a little bit of a culture shock um for me i didn't quite know how to how to process that and I didn't quite know how to process the loss of community that I'd felt. I didn't really understand it. But as a 13, 14 year old, it wasn't as hard for me to then subsequently, while at school, make new friends. And I think I was young enough to be able to um, to not care so much about what people thought about me or what I wanted in friends um, as much. Um, in order to, you know, in order to, in order for that to become a hindrance, I think, you know, one of the things about being young that was really good was that um, I still had that optimism um, about the fact that, hey, it's a new country, it's a new opportunity, and you know what, let's see, let's see what's ahead. But I really resonate with resonated there with uh, with Globern and. Um, as well as with a change in in culture and with a change in um, you know the dynamics of community and things like that, I think there there came a point where I had to find center again. Like, what's my place in this big narrative and, and in this big uh, in this big community? What is my community? Who are my people? Where am I going to find these? Who my people? and what does that look like <clears throat> and in the process of in the process of um, of finding this out I think um, it's important for you know for you and if you know when as you're listening to this to to be aware of that and to be aware of how is it that you find center who is your um, how, do, how do you define yourself in the middle of this um, 
in the middle of this narrative. And so that was one of the journeys that I had to go through because my narrative had changed, my culture had changed, my basis had changed. But if you've lived in Australia your whole life, one of the things I suppose that I kind of find is that there's a lot about Australian culture that is undefined um, it, and that in the sense of the positives about Australia. I think because it's such a multicultural um, multicultural country, there are just things that still, in a young country, there are things that still need to be defined properly. Uh, but at the same time, some of the negatives as well about the culture also did stand out a bit. And so the idea of trying to find um, what is it that's going to be um, the things that are useful for moving forward versus the things that aren't useful for moving forward. I mean, I'm still navigating that, but it does place quite a bit of stress. I w- and, um, you know, I wonder if you've got any um, foreign neighbors who have come and reestablished themselves in Australia or you know anybody like that. I would really encourage you to be friendly. I would really encourage you to um, be a source for for help and support for them. Some of them are actually leaving everything they know behind and, um, you know, for whatever circumstances that is and the whatever reason that is, I think that it's such a high price to pay. Um, I could not imagine knowing now what I know. I could not imagine what it's like for an adult to leave everything that they've known behind um i i just i just couldn't and i see the devastations of of that in people who are older than me who have come from similar backgrounds to me who have um their cultures so deeply ingrained and one of the other things as well is even with language and with narrative and, um, you know, some psychologists say that we use language to create our meanings and our thoughts or to give the ideas of our meanings and our thoughts um, a, a type of, you know, mental, mental headspace. But we use language for that. And so what creates what's normal for one person, what's normal for their entire lives and as an adult having to live that and then trying to redefine themselves in the context of a new culture is um yeah that's that's really really difficult and um uh, i had it easy i had it really really easy and um i was able to use some of my strengths to to cater to cater to this change that was needed and the younger you are the, the it's a lot more easier for you that's pretty much how i'll put it so if you have any neighbors or any people you know uh, are in proximity of that have um have had this kind of experience i want to encourage you to to be as supportive as you can obviously um there is quite a mismatch in culture there the language barrier the the world view barrier the thinking barrier um you know that's stuff that to work through but that you know the, the changing culture is never um is never a simple thing and so 
with with all of this in mind, I suppose that whenever you have refugees as well, and I didn't actually even mean to be talking so much about refugees, but whenever you have refugees, I think that one of the things that stands out quite a lot is how important community has been um, in has been even in cultures that are mainly non-Australian, I would say. Um, and I've observed this in you know my own culture, obviously, but the real orientation towards community, towards community interaction, towards the one another, towards the togetherness, towards the we identify, we identify ourselves within the, the narrative of our culture and who we are and our roots. And so I think that's one of the things that perhaps is a real strong contributor to the identity of young people um, and them knowing where they're going by knowing where they come from, them um, identifying with perhaps their history and, and knowing where their parents have come from. That's, uh, that's one of the other important things as well that I've that I found now I'm, I'm starting to think about uh, asking my dad if he can um, if he can write down his stories be, his story because it's it's part of who I am and it's part of where I come from is knowing his story because he's my dad so um, that's you know that's worth investigating but yeah just a real strong emphasis on community and I know that there are pockets and, and groups of people who who value that in Australia. I don't know about the national narrative and, you know, whether or not that's such an agreed upon narrative. But um, you know, what what is what is the importance of community? One of the things that as I as I've been writing and as I've been sort of thinking through this a little bit has been that your community actually affects your decision making now some people say that you that we are the sum of five people um, or the five people four or five people that we're closest to and um, this has quite a lot of influence on decision making um, the people that we surround ourselves with has a lot of influence on decision making and some of the decisions that we we actually do make even when it comes to um, things to do with things to do with mental health is that the people we're closest to some of the decisions will make we make them as we think of them and what they would think of those decisions and we make them in preference for the how their worldviews impact and affect us and so that then presents and posits a questions like we we you know one of the questions then that comes with that is what kind of people have we got surrounding us if you're young i want to encourage you to be really selective about the types of friends that you have and you bring in close and you're vulnerable with because subsequently you are actually making your decisions and the decisions about your future through these relationships and you're going to find that a lot of the decisions that you make have already been pre-made by the group thinking that you're part of. And so if you want to change the automated decisions, your what you're going to lean towards doing, what you're going to lean towards saying, what you're going to lean towards 
choosing, it's important that you actually start thinking now about, hey, what kind of person do I want to become? And what kind of friends do they have around them? If you're young, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I have been in Australia longer now than I was in the Congo. And, and I have had, you know, to change my community twice at least now. And so it's doable. Yes, it's hard work, but it's worth it. It is so worth it for the kind of person that you need to become, that we all need to become in order to make this world a better place. Um, we need to be really um, intentional about the voices that we allow in our space. So community is important. Intentional community is even more important because as well, the communities that we're part of affect our attitudes and our mentality. Sometimes our mental health is actually connected to the people that we're part of. So the, you know, not only just decisions that we make or we are going to make, but also the attitudes of that group is actually going to affect our mental health. And so if it's the culture that you're part of is actually predisposed towards a pessimistic lifestyle, that's actually what you're going to pick up. Again, importance of choosing and being intentional with, with friends. You can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends and they don't say, show me your family and I'll show you your future. They say, that show me your friends and I will show you your future because friends are the family that we choose. And so the attitudes and uh, the attitudes and um, the, you know, the mentalities that we're going to be having in the future towards certain things, certain people, groups, certain decisions, certain um, government bodies and all that kind of stuff is actually going to be influenced by the communities we're part of and in in effect and I'll repeat this again you we are choosing what we're choosing by choosing our communities and so the decisions that we're going to be made in the future are already have already been made by the types of communities that we're part of and these will reveal our values they will reveal um, what we prioritize and things like that so I, I really want to I suppose as we draw this to a close um, bring this and hone it in towards what it is that we're exposing we're exposing ourselves to um, self-exposure to whatever it is that we're exposing ourselves to is really important now if you're not young and i know i spent a little bit of time talking to whoever is young um, and listening if you're not young um, you have a little bit more self-awareness whereas when you're young you're a little bit naive and there can be there can be a little bit of inexperience that informs who we are how we approach the world that's fine that's part of just a life journey and uh, what you what you make of those experiences anyway um, is, is is a whole different um, is a whole different conversation but if you're older you're a little bit more self-aware you know how you take you know how you don't take you know what um, 
you know, you know what, friends make you uh, bring out the best in you versus friends that do not bring out the best in you. Uh, I want to encourage you to be intentional about that. I want to encourage you to think about it and also to think about what you expose yourself to. So, um, we, we, I suppose the things that we expose ourselves to are the things that we allow to go into and help to shape the narratives of our souls and that goes anywhere from the music we listen to to what we watch to what we flick through on social media um, and so the, and even to the opinions that we choose to listen to and hold I'm not saying don't listen to anybody who holds a deferring opinion to you or an opposite opinion to you but what I'm talking about are the things that shape our identity, the things that affect our mental health and the communities that we're part of and their narr- narratives and how those affect who we are subsequently and how healthy our thinking life is. Um, it's important to be intentional about that. And um, maybe you also you know you maybe you also read um this can be one of those things as well that that helps us with what we think about that helps us with how we think and so i want to encourage you if you if you don't read already read if you are a an auditory learner i think i'm partly auditory learning which which means that i i've got to listen to some things but my main one is visual i've got to see it before i see it and i get it in my head and i'm like oh i think i get what you're talking about now um if you if you know if that's your thing it might mean going through and being a little bit more selective with what you expose your eyes which are the windows to your soul if you're a little bit of a kinetic learner um, you know what you're getting involved with what are you what are you putting your hands and feet to where are you going that's going to be really imp- that's going to be really important for you to think about and so obviously mental health is such a broad topic um, it is incredibly broad and I suppose one big takeaway for me and really the the thing that I've been journeying on when it comes to all of this in terms of my personal um, my personal contribution towards my mental health is a it, it has a lot um, it has a lot to do with what I what I dwell on and how I'm building my thoughts there is a Verse in um, in Second Corinthians, <coughs> in Second th- Corinthians, pardon me, um, in chapter ten, where it, it talks about the fact that we're actually not fighting um, a battle of flesh, um, of flesh and of flesh and blood, but we are actually fighting. Um, you know, so we're human, but we don't wage war. As human, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture rebellious thoughts 
and teach them to obey Christ. And after you become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. And so for me, that's been really the key through this journey, especially this past year, is capturing rebellious thoughts. And then, as I said earlier, teaching them to obey Christ. And how does that happen is by allowing the wrestling of these you know that wrestling of having these rebellious ideas rise up inside of us and the reality and the truth of Jesus come and meet and clash inside of our souls but us choosing Jesus Jesus's way and bringing bringing under the thoughts of anxiety so that the peace of God surrounds us I want to leave you with a piece of scripture that's been really important to me in trying to put together what the approach is um, to mental to mental health. And my hope is that you would meditate on this as well and that it would actually be as useful to you as it is to me. Always be joyful in the Lord. It's from Philippians chapter 4. I say again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you're considerable in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, my dear brothers and sisters, one final things, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. And I suppose in the battle of mental health and or with mental health and all these things that happen inside of my mind, um, the real challenging part is, even as we face all of these things, is to choose joy. And I know that's not an easy thing, but it's one of those realities or, you know, rejoice, which is one of these... Um, things that we can call a christianese but also such a timeless um, such a timeless statement and truth that can help us to reorient ourselves and bring unruly thoughts that wrestle and war against the truth of jesus underneath the authority of jesus in our lives as we choose to trust that that jesus sees it that Jesus is part of it, is part of the struggle, and he's going to walk us through it. And as he says in his words, in his word and, um, and, and in his letter through Paul, that his peace is going to be the guardian of our hearts, even as our hearts are threatened with concern and with worry that um, could overwhelm us. So 
I hope that um, this has been useful. It's a little bit more chill. There, is, there wasn't any structure really to it. And so, you know, I want to thank you for listening till the very end. And so if you, you know, if you're struggling with mental health or you are not going through such a great time, let me know how I can be praying for you. Um, I'd love to do that. And, um, you know, if I get any words, any words of encouragement or things like that, I'll more than likely share that with you. Hey guys, that's the end of that episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you if you're a returning listener for continuing on the conversation. As you could tell, that was um, a little bit of a reflection and just looking back, chilled back, no agenda, kind of, you know, musing thoughts and, um, you know, trying to follow through. trying to follow through a thought pattern and maybe add little layers and dimensions to the conversation of mental health that perhaps, um, you know, you haven't, we haven't thought about before. And so that was nice. It helped me, I suppose, to clear a little bit of my thinking around it as well. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's a broader conversation, but um, thanks for continuing on. Thanks for returning. Hey, if you're new, we want to let you know that we drop an episode every Tuesday. If you're returning, we'll hear, you'll hear from me uh, next Tuesday and we'll go into a little bit of a different direction. However, this week, um, if something struck out with you and you want me to connect with you with regards to something that was said, maybe you agree, maybe you don't disagree, maybe some um, some stuff has brought um, things to mind that maybe you'd like to be included in future conversations with regards to mental health, let me know. Um, all my details are in the description below. Let me know how I can be praying for you and um, I'd love to be part of that um otherwise thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for being part of this conversation and i'm gonna leave you now to listen to that song and to just pause and um, continue to um, you know think on what we just talked about okay here we go Yeah.